Back to the iHealth Channel and iHealth Radio Hurricane Age here. A new Saturday, a new guest, a new show. I promised something different today. And we're in the Fit and Fab channel today, specifically with a, uh, a unique individual who actually I, uh, I, I, I love his content <laughs> personally. And I discovered his, his way of doing things on TikTok, which is you know, odd, you know, as it sounds, but TikTok is the becoming, you know, thing these days. But, you know, as I looked into him, you know, there's so much stuff about this dude. And uh, Helen, all the way from Quebec, oh, Quebec. Yeah, no, very nicely done. <laughs> I said it right? Okay. All yeah. right. I have Sean Mosin with me, and, and he is actually an authority in Canada, and he'll tell us what that authority is. He was one of the first ones, if not the one, who started kettlebell, uh, kettlebell uh, training instruction, certifications, all that stuff. Now, I'm not going to do all the definition and all the intro about Sean because there's nobody that can do Sean better than Sean. So, so Sean, welcome to the show. Welcome to the radio, to the channel. And, you know, for the viewers, you know, introduce yourself to us. Tell us about who is Sean and, you know, his history and his story. Well, first, thank you very much for the lovely intro and also for having me on. And uh, yeah, you, you, you touched on it. Um, I actually was the first instructor here in Canada to introduce kettlebells. And so whenever I say that, people say, well, what does that mean? So, well, try to imagine long, long time ago in the past when you couldn't walk into a store and find kettlebells everywhere, right? Uh, when I started, there were no kettlebells for sale in Canada. There were no instructional DVDs and no workbooks and no courses, no seminars, no nothing. There was nothing. So I was the first one to manufacture kettlebells, to sell them here, to give seminars from coast to coast, um, to create uh, instructional DVDs. Back then we had DVDs. Not everything wasn't online, you know. Um, the first workbook, the first instructor cert, all of that stuff. And in fact, I had in North America, I had the third kettlebell instructor certification um, that anyone could could take. So it predates almost all of the other ones that you've heard about. So I had the third. And um, because of the success of my students and because of how well known they, they became for you know the quality of what they do, um, I ended up being asked to go around the world and teach in other countries. So not only did I, you know, have the distinction and the pleasure to be able to introduce it here in Canada, but also I've taught everywhere. So as far as New Zealand and Hong Kong and Singapore, in fact, before all this craziness began with uh, COVID, uh, I was days away from uh, another uh, tour in Asia. I was about to leave. I was three days away from leaving. I, I had dates in uh, mainland China. I had uh, Hong Kong and uh, Singapore. So I was supposed to go give seminars all there. So, you know, all kinds of craziness and life is interruptus, as we like to uh, call it. But um, yeah, so that's my basic. Um, a lot of people know me for that for the kettlebells and also through my company, Agatsu, we give other, uh, you know, instructor certs and, and continuing education for personal trainers. So everything from clubs, mace, um, mobility courses, all kinds of stuff like that. And um, my previous background we'll say since i'm a kid is martial arts so we have that in like we have this in common i started training when i was seven years old and uh that's kind of how i found kettlebells and how i found the fitness stuff because of course as a martial artist while you're training you know there's such a physical component to it you're always looking for ways to get in the best shape that you can and if you teach martial arts you're always looking for ways that you can teach and train and kind of optimize your time and your students time and get help them get in shape for the rigors of what you're doing. And so everything kind of, you know, gelled together and, uh, you know, worked really well with the kettlebell and, and the way I approach bodyweight training and different things like that. So, yeah, so th this is, you know, what 
basically I'm most known for. Um, and in terms of the martial arts, I was fortunate that I got involved since I was, you know, a kid so young. Um, and then I got involved in doing things like uh, I was the color commentator for uh, TKO MMA, which was the biggest, uh, you know, um, MMA event here in Canada. I did like 12 shows for them where I called fights. And uh, that's where George St. Pierre and Patrick Cote and all these awesome guys came out of. So I've always kind of bounced back and forth and been in both worlds, the martial arts and the fitness world. Well, they're, they're, they're tied in, as you said. I mean, oh. it, there's no such thing as a martial artist with no fitness and endurance. <laughs> yeah, well, there are. They're just not particularly good. But, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, again, but they, they ha I mean, eventually you get tired, you get older, whatever. But when they all, yeah. they're all inside of everybody, you have but to. You know what? I, I once had a teacher, and uh, I remember I was staying at his house. And the next day we were doing a seminar. And, um, you know, so a few of the guys were, were staying over to his place. And uh, we had to get up at some ungodly hour. It was going to have us fight with knives in the dark and uh, the woods or some crazy shit we were doing. So uh, honestly, I think it was like four in the morning I got up and I get up. His wife's already in the kitchen. She's making coffee. She looks at me. She's like, coffee? And I'm like, yes, please. All the coffee, you know? And just then I turn my head. My instructor's in the 60s at this point. I look and I see him coming from out of the darkness he was in the backyard steam coming off of his head he's taking his earphones out he's in a track suit you know and he's just dripping with sweat and i look at him it's like four in the morning i look at him i go what are you doing and he goes oh well i have to teach you all day so this is the only time i have to train wow so i'm like you Not know and, but that's that's the thing and so for you know some martial artists we talk about self-defense we talk about all these things one of the things, if you're really interested in self-defense and longevity and keeping yourself around, protecting yourself, you protect yourself by staying in shape. So the two are like this. To me, if you see, look, it's not to say a trainer can't gain a few pounds. Of course, everybody goes up and down, you know, but you have to be actively involved in helping your health. And that's part of self-defense training, too. So part of self-defense is not just, oh, I learn a technique if a guy grabs me in a headlock. But part of self-defense training is I don't abuse my, my body, you know? I say I'm trying to defend it from other people, but some people, they're the worst at attacking themselves, you know? So, well, yeah, so it's all, it's together. You, can, you can't separate the two of them, you know? Exactly. And, and again, I, I say the same thing. I mean, it's, you have to keep up. And it's also good for your health. I mean, the overall balance, everything. I mean, you... Yeah, you of course. Stamina, you have to keep your cardio. You have to keep your breathing. Uh, and you're right. I mean, we do get a little moment, you know, a little, you know, uh, moment of tired. You get tired a little bit. You just let go for a minute, but then you can't. It's like you're attached to it. It's the yeah. end goes in. You plug the button back and you're on. Uh, so, so Sean, you started in karate, right? I think that's that's the art. I started when I was really, really little. When I was like seven years old, the first martial art I ever tried was judo. So I started with judo, you know, for a bit when I was a little kid. And then, yeah, then I, I got interested in uh, karate. I had a friend who was taking it. He's like, man, you should totally check this out. You know, I was like, okay. And uh, I did karate for a long time. And fortunately, the karate teacher that I had, it was traditional karate. And, uh, you know, he was quite good at it. And uh, he had a background as a, he was a police officer. And uh, his father also was a wrestler. So there, you know, and, and he, had, he also had done boxing. So he had a nice eclectic mix which kind of, you know, even though I was learning karate with him, we were always doing some wrestling. We were always doing some other things. So, yeah, and I, I did that for quite a while. So, so I, I also read that you also some have certification in yoga, I think. Is that? Yeah, it's part of, you know, always trying like, a, you know, I always tell people sometimes a, a teacher, but always a student. So I've done many different things and studied with many different people. Um, you know, also just out of a total curiosity. I mean, I, I don't teach yoga, but, and I had seen yoga, obviously, like everyone else. I've, you know, I have so many students around the world. A lot of people are, you know, a lot of my students were yogis. I'd seen a lot of yoga, but frankly, a lot of what they were doing wasn't that interesting to me. I was like, well, that's a nice stretch, but the, there wasn't like a complete package to it. It was kind of like a, a lot of the people I ran into was like a watered down social version of yoga. And then I had a friend who brought me to a yoga class that she was teaching. She asked me what I thought of it after. I desperately didn't want to tell her because it felt like a script. It felt like disconnected. It did seem like kind of, to be honest, like a bit like nonsense, you know? And uh, 
But then unfortunately, being honest got the better of me. And I kind of told her, you know, I said, well, you were quite good, but seems like you're reading a script. And she's like, well, it is kind of a scripted. And I go, nah, but the script doesn't fit everybody in the class, right? Sure. And then she said, check this out. And she gave me this guy's video, Mark Darby. And uh, I didn't, who I didn't know at the time was like a big deal in Ashtanga. And it's this really, really amazing teacher. I checked out his video. I was like, wow, this is different, you know? And so I ended up doing, I contacted him and he said, listen, I don't do yoga. I've done two classes. Nah, I don't want to insult you in any way, but I see you have a teacher training coming up and it's a year long. I'm very interested and very curious to see what it is you teach. Um, could I come? Can I do it? Even though I don't have background, you know? And yeah, so I ended up doing like a year long experiment, taking his teacher training in Ashtanga yoga. It was very cool. Yeah. Him and his whole family. Very, very interesting. I learned a lot of cool stuff with them. Nice. Nice. So, so fitness is your thing and it's been your thing. Yeah. And so you, you, you have, well, you had courses and classes and, and official, you know, studios and things, right? Yeah. Now COVID hit kind of stopped everything. I know you were just talking about Canada still in their curfew. Yeah. Right? Uh, how was that experience? I mean, I know across all the world, I mean, fitness yeah. has been affected royally. Oh, yeah. I think it's contact. probably the industry that took, you know, maybe the one of the biggest hits, if not the biggest. Um, and in one way, it's kind of understandable. But in another way, it's very strange, you know, because if you look at the numbers of people that get hospitalized, um, it's the people, and of course, there's exceptions, but it's the people really out of shape um, that are suffering the most from this. And so then what do people do around the world? They shut down the things that help people stay healthy. So it's kind of crazy, you know? Um, but I understand too, in the sense of, well, you have to be careful because we have, you know, group, let's say if it's a group class or whatever. So it's, it's not easy, but at the beginning, it was kind of surreal. I remember when they first announced that we're going to shut down for two weeks and, you know, to flatten the curve. So now the joke is, you know, day 450 of uh, the two week shutdown to flatten the curve, right? Like it just keeps going. Um, so, and, and when it originally happened, we figured, oh, yeah, a couple of weeks, it's not going to be that bad, no big deal. We'll all be back at it. This doesn't seem like such a big deal. Um, and then months into it, it just really been, you know, crazy. And um, I think the hardest part, of course, is knowing how much your students, your clients, your members really need what it was you were doing for them. And, you know, to see them posting and suffering and saying like, oh, man, I missed the gym. I feel lazy today. I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm stressed, I'm this, I'm that. You know, people were suffering in so many ways because all of these things have been shut down and they don't have access to it. So you have so many mental health issues. You have so much more stress. You have so much more anxiety. You have all these things are happening. So it's been very hard that way, knowing people are, are suffering, not being able to get together not having that social aspect as well, that community, you know, from working out together or when I train and teaching in jujitsu. Um, so all that's been really, really tough. And I'm sure you saw it too. I had some people that had just started and they were a few months into training and feeling amazing and they were getting in shape for the first time in their life and starting to be confident. It all got crushed, right? You know, and, and that's heartbreaking. And also for the gyms, I mean, we have so many, um, you know, students around the world that at one point I'm opening my phone and every morning I'm seeing a post from somebody, a new post about their gym closing, that they have to close their business, that they've been working for, you know, maybe a decade to put together an open. Now they're closing because, and it wasn't that the business wasn't a healthy, good business. I mean, who can stay closed for a year yeah. you know, and, and pay rent at the same time and pay utilities and pay everything. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big ask. And, um, yeah, so that's this has been very, very hard. It's been very difficult to watch. It's been very difficult to be a part of um, and frustrating, too, because, uh, you know, I, I know in the States as well, the way that the rules are applied lack a level of logic that is sometimes mind boggling. Right. Like I can't have one person in my gym for a private. Like, I mean, I literally could put that person at the other end and I could be with a bullhorn yelling at them. That apparently is not safe, but hundreds of people can go to Costco shopping and all be in line. And that's not a problem, right? <laughs> that's they even opened the movie oh. theaters here for March break. They opened the movie theaters and they gave the very wealthy movie theaters money because they said, well, since you can't sell con concessions, we'll give you free money, right? Because, you know, it's a hardship for you. 
but the gyms all nothing you know you have to stay closed we're not giving you money they'll give you money for a loan so if you want to go into debt they're happy to give you that but you know so that's all incredibly frustrating because it it is obviously what it is it's you know complete insanity well, it is. And and in the States, actually, we have, I mean, they have opened up, you know, to the gyms. I mean, they allowed the gyms to go back at minimal capacity. Yeah. And, you know, you have to have a mask and stuff. But a lot of the, the common things in gyms, and some gyms have steam rooms and this and that, that's yeah. all gone. And, and you know, frankly, I don't I don't know how well you can breed with a mask on when you go in, you know, running and doing some hot cardio. Yeah. It, it, your cardio is going to triple, yes, but it's not really good for your brain function. But again, yeah. some people may uh, dis disagree with that concept, but anyone that is heavy in the fitness would know that is not, you know, the idea is you breathe in, you breathe out, you got to have the best concentration of oxygen in. So it's been rough. And uh, I, I have plenty of friends that definitely don't go anymore to the gym, so they prefer go outdoors. And then, of course, when the winter hits, outdoors becomes a challenge. Yeah. It's snowing and it's really freezing out there. I mean, freezing you can deal with, but when it's snowing and you got snow on the ground, it's not a tough, it's not a, a easy. Yeah, it's, it's not a fun, it's not a fun time, you know? They're allowing us apparently to open now on the 26th. So we can open, but they haven't outlined really the details. They just gave a very loose, weird thing saying you can go as an individual you can go as a, a, a pair um or, or you can go as a family from the same household which that does seem to be how human beings would go somewhere but uh, they haven't really explained it um the best that i can tell is they're going to allow privates uh, starting on the 26th which is good at least it gives us a you know a chance to open up and start to see some people in there so that that will be uh, good um, no idea when we can resume kind of martial arts training. I know there was a group here that was kind of fighting and lobbying for the same thing to open up and be allowed because, you know, you could do, let's say, kickboxing and have people in stations. And, uh, you know, if you can spread them out enough, they should be able, even with, without the mask on, you know, just be in your station, work on the bag and then wipe everything down, clean it all up, should be able to do that. Um, even for jujitsu, I know a lot of jujitsu clubs in places where they can do it they will just bundle up people and like bubble them. So it's like, uh, let's say you and I go the same night, you and I will be in a bubble and we will only train together for the duration of the pandemic. And I think that's a great uh, approach to it. Just if you, if you do that, you partner people, it allows them to train, allows them to stay in shape, allows them to do their thing. You're and crazy. it's still being, you know, careful and respectful. And uh, I think it, it should function well. I'm hoping that, uh, we're allowed to do that soon because I'd like to get back to teaching uh, jujitsu in person rather than just, uh, you know, online and funny videos. So, so speaking of jujitsu, yeah. before we go there, I mean, you're right. It's been, it's been a, a very rough one for fitness, martial arts. I mean, anything that is contact and sports technically has yeah. been, look, even the major sports, you know, they, they eventually got them going, you know, and it took a while. I mean, we're talking about football, baseball. Yes. I mean, baseball is not, but, but, but basketball, but, but certainly everything is coming on, but it's, it's a lower pace and with very, very, uh, uh, super too, too many restrictions, if you want to call it that. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but so, so you mentioned jujitsu now, yeah. are we talking traditional jujitsu or BJJ? Cause I'm talking about, yeah, Brazilian jujitsu. Okay. So, okay. And, and then there's a re the reason I asked the difference, because I mean, you know, the traditional jujitsu is, is really, you know, close quarters, self-defense, you know, combat training, Yeah. Uh, you know, Brazilian jujitsu is more of a judo grappling, you know, concept. I mean, again, there's more to it. Obviously I'm simplifying just yeah. to differentiate. I mean, uh, in, in traditional jujitsu is weaponry, uh, you know, in Brazilian jujitsu is all, you know, about ground wrestling, grappling and doing stuff, obviously with a, a higher level of, of expertise and, and detail there. And, and it's funny because I see your TikToks, you know, yeah. and a lot of your techniques are, are, are just that, you know, and I, I, and I enjoy those things, by the way, if you're watching and listening and check out his TikTok, I mean, they're the funniest. They're good stuff, good techniques, but it's done in, in the funny. And it's also good advice and really life-saving stuff. I mean, some of the tips that you know, Sean would state in those TikToks are really life-savers. And you can literally use one of those to get out of, you know, situations, hopefully that you never have to be in. But, you know, part of martial arts, again, self-defense is that. So, 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 mm -hmm. jujitsu. Yeah. You, you, 
you long to it. You want to go back. We all want yeah. stuff that we. Oh yeah, I can't wait. I mean, it's you know, it's fun. You know, just making clips and trying to teach a bit online and still be able to continue that and share it. But uh, yeah, I want to be you know back with my students and uh, you know back in a room actually teaching people and and doing this for you know for real with everyone. And uh, it's one of those activities that man, it's just so not COVID friendly. So I don't know when. You know, everybody's always messaging me and asking me. I don't know when. I don't know when. And um, yeah, you need to be, you need to have that contact because I mean, the thing that makes jujitsu so great is that it's done with a partner. It's done with a partner so that you learn timing, you learn distance management, you learn to overcome someone actually resisting you. It's not a theoretical thing. A lot of different martial arts are really interesting and they're really beautiful, but it's a lot of theory. It's a lot of, well, maybe if so-and-so does this, this and this might work, but they lack really like a pressure testing. So because they don't have a pressure test where somebody is actively trying to stop them from doing it, it's a theory, it's an idea, you know, and it remains to be seen whether it would work. So what, one of the things that people love so much about jujitsu is you practice the ideas and the theories and the techniques, and then you, know, you go and you train with somebody and like you try to do what you just learned and they try to stop you and you find out if it works. And they're gonna oh. they're gonna take it from you. I mean, like one yeah. of my my teachers, professors, always said, you know, you need to take them. If if they're not if they're not you know if they're holding the ground, you know, mm -hmm. and you can't take them, you better try. You, yeah. you just you know, it's it's you have the people put you at a test all the time. Like, oh, this is not gonna work. Yeah. Okay. This definitely would show them that it works. Well, and that's one of the things that you know I like so much about jujitsu, and I try to share on the on TikTok, you know, because of course. Look, people comment on any martial art uh, demo, you know, and uh, you can't understand something in a 60 second demo or a 30 second demo. You're really seeing something that maybe will give you something to think about, uh, open a discussion, but you don't know, you know, uh, for the most part. Uh, and people were like, well, this wouldn't work because this could happen and this could happen and this could happen. And it's like, look, the, the great thing about jujitsu is it's never shied away from asking and answering those questions so if you don't think it would work you know come try it like guys <laughs> will say oh that would never work you know a person's mounted on top of me i would just punch them in the ribs and it's like well that's not getting anybody off because your arm is hitting the floor you have no power from that position and uh, the person can unload you know 50 punches on your face while you're trying to tickle their ribs the same thing they say oh i would grab his balls you think you would, but as you're trying to do that, the person will, again, unload punches on you. This is not what you do. And how do we know that's not what you do? Because it's been tested, right? Because people um, that practice this art and really spread this art, you know, they tested it in fights. They test it in fights. And uh, we know what works and what doesn't work. And we continue testing. So that's what makes it so exciting and so fun is that it's actually useful. And, you know, like you were saying with the, the tips, um, that I try to give on TikTok. I try to make it funny because look, we, we were talking about COVID and everything in the beginning. People can use a laugh these days. Yes. You really could use a good laugh and to just, you know, try and relax. Everyone is so stressed out. So, and there's a lot of great, super serious, you know, uh, tutorials on there. It's like, if the person grabs you, then you should put your hands here. And then you should do this. And then it's like, okay, it's good. It's all very nice, but eh, you know, I'd rather do it in a way where it gets people to stop. They look, they laugh. They're like, is this just crazy? What is this? And you know, like, this is hysterical. And then they think for a second, they go, that might actually work. I think this, this guy might actually know what he's talking about. Oh, this is actually pretty good. So I like them getting that mix of, yeah, it's fun. It's funny. I'm having a good time. I want them to laugh. But at the same time, I want them to think about it and see what that old school jujitsu, especially old school jujitsu was designed for fighting. I want them to see what it, it's about, you know, and uh, it's different than the Brazilian jujitsu that a lot of mo people train now, which is geared towards competitions, geared towards sport. You know, they start right away on the ground. If you notice a lot of my videos, it's all standing up stuff. Yeah. And a lot that, of that's that going back to the traditional. Yeah. Yeah. Because, but even Brazilian jujitsu and Brazilian jujitsu uh, was, you know, introduced by the Gracies. Uh, is for fighting you know i saw a guy post the other day he's like oh brazilian jiu-jitsu has it all wrong he's like yeah maybe 99 percent of fights go to the ground but they start standing and and brazilian jiu-jitsu they don't do standing it's like they absolutely do it's just that a lot of schools just concentrate on competition but that doesn't mean brazilian jiu-jitsu 
doesn't have standing techniques. Well, it, right? it, it is actually a progression of judo, essentially. I mean, judo is... Yeah, and judo comes from jujitsu. <laughs> so... Traditional, exactly. So, yes. so or but, an, upgrade, an upgrade or an adaptation. Yeah. To, well, it's, judo, judo was... Uh, uh, Jigoro Kano, right, takes the uh, the uh, the stuff from jujitsu that he feels can be a sport that he also feels can go into schools and can sanitize it a bit to make it um, something that could be great as a competitive sport and really, you know, introduce it to a lot of people and get a lot of people into it. And then when you look at Brazilian jiu-jitsu, it kind of goes back the other way. It's like, okay, how can we make this really for fighting, really for self-defense? And how can we, you know, refine it in that? But, you know, the same kind of things, the same kind of techniques, but the focus, right? The focus in judo is on getting a great throw and winning a match. That's not to say that, you know, judo players can't fight. Of course they can. And some places that train judo train it very much as a kind of self-defense fighting way, you know? Um, and others train it very much for, for sport. And the same can be said for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know a lot of people in the, that train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, man, they start almost every sparring session on their uh, knees or on their butt. They just slap hands and they go. Fights don't start that way. So if you're really training for self-defense, um, you know, you have to start learning how to start standing up. You have to uh, think and train with strikes in mind. Now, that may not be what they use in tournament, but to, to imagine that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu doesn't have that as its roots is really wrong. And it's a shame because the whole reason Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu got popular in the first place was because of how well it did in no holds barred, uh, you know, competition, fighting all these different styles. So the root of it is fighting and being well, very, very efficient at it. And we see that in, in UFC and MMA, you know, yeah. like age i mean people are not sitting down to start to, who's going to grapple who you know exactly they, so they and even, one takes the other one down and takes him to to work yeah <laughs> that's why i always try to show stuff standing up i try to show stuff um you know uh, on tiktok that will will make people think and realize there isn't one way to do it especially in a self-defense context right and some people because they have certain bias or or you know minds a little bit closed i remember there was a guy who freaked out over a technique i was showing and he's like this is horrible it's the last thing a woman should do why should a woman go to the ground you have to understand that the situation and the context is what dictates what you should do not your biases and what you think you know should be happening like for example you know somebody pulls a knife so people are like, you should run. Of course, if it's possible to get away from a person with a weapon and you're unarmed, that makes perfect sense. You should get well, the hell out of there. Maybe not a <laughs> yeah, but on the other hand, I'm standing with my kid. Should I run and leave my kid there? No. You see, it's, it's the context. So you can't make blanket statements or you can, but they're not useful, right? You know? Oh, if a person has a knife, run. Okay, so I wake up in the middle of the night. There's somebody in my house with a knife. I ran away. You were right. Great advice. I'm safe. My whole family's in big trouble, but man. Woo! I made it. <laughs> Did you save me? Thank God I watched that video where you told me to run. So that doesn't work, right? Um, same thing. I remember we were showing for a woman getting her hair grabbed that uh, I did the defense with uh, Sarah and Sarah did a defense and then she took me to the ground and then she ended up doing an armbar. So somebody's like, that's the last thing you'd want to do, you know, is take the guy to the ground. Is it? What's the context? A uh, woman is jogging and she's on a, a lit path and the attacker comes out, grabs her by her hair and tries to drag her into the woods where it's dark and no one can see her who's coming by. What's a better place for her to make her stand, to make her fight? Is it better for her to go to the ground under the lights where somebody might see and fight like hell? or to try to stay on her feet and overpower this stronger guy, right? See, it's the context. And that's what a lot of the time when you watch a demo and you watch a technique and you know it's on TikTok or it's something else, people are like, I would never do that. That's the last thing you wanna do. But is it really? Like, what's the situation under which this technique would be used? And that's what really techniques are. They're just demonstrations of what's mechanically possible um, given a certain situation of, of things. And also maybe tactically what might make sense given a certain situation, but there's a lot of different options, you know, it's just one possible option. So, and that's hard to convey in a 60 second TikTok. That's why I'll, I'll put the demo on TikTok 
And then often on my Instagram stories, I'll have this kind of a conversation where I'll mention a few things like, hey, the thing you just saw, and then I'll get into it a little bit because I feel like that can give people a little bit of an extra boost so that they can understand the context of what they just looked at, you know? Like, you know, there were people ask for gun defense. Look, it's COVID times. How much money do any of us have in our wallet? Like nothing, <laughs> you know? So if somebody puts a gun in my hand and says, give, give me your money, I'm like, I give them my ex-wife's number. It's like, she's got it all anyways, you know? Or here, you can have my wallet. There's a dollar in it. Enjoy. Get a coffee, but not a Starbucks one because it's not enough money for you, right? But on the other hand, what if you're traveling? Same scenario. Person puts a gun up to your head and you know you've heard the stories of where, where you are right now that usually when they rob people, they just shoot them, yep. right? Very di- All of a sudden, very different context, right? Or the person puts the gun to your head and says, get in the trunk. Mm, now you're going to another location with them. Very different context. Now you, you're deciding, do I not fight? I get in the trunk. Does that make sense? Maybe it does. We have to look at everything, right? Or maybe it's the opposite. You know that, man, I've heard the reports that people just getting shot when uh, the person pulls the gun out because they realize it's faster than saying, give me the money. They just shoot you. So it's like, should you go right away and defend? So everything is in a context. Everything depends. It's not like... Um, it's not like the movies where people think, and that's where most of us are informed by what it is we think we know. Mm-hmm. We see stuff in movies and we assume that that you know, mirrors real life, but it doesn't in most cases. You know? It's just entertainment. Well, it's true. And, and, and of course that's choreographed. It's also, there is a purpose of it and it's different. Yeah. You hit on a very, you know, I, I debate with that all the time. The same topic you're talking about when you make, you put one technique, and you get all these tons of comments from yeah. potentially ignorant people about the arts because they only look, they're not multidimensional. That's the other thing. When you're in yeah. the martial arts, it, there is no such thing as one technique. You know, it, it's adaptation to the situation and you use whatever comes on you, whatever they hand to you. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, a long time, I, I, I trained under one of the, the super professors in, 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 in the art of, uh, you know, Shinobi Ikaru, and um, you know, he passed on and we were at a seminar. Uh, Ronald Duncan, and uh, he he had said, you know, techniques. You don't think of a technique. Techniques happen as a situation happens. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever is is the environment, whatever is the actual ingredients that you're gonna be dealt with and given, you're yeah. gonna pick whatever is gonna come up with it. You know, and so when you do a technique, there are ten. Th- First of all, for one grab, there's so many ways to take. To, to I mean, from any art, you have different yeah. angles. They all kind of function the same way. Mm-hmm. There is so many ways. And then someone comes like, oh, that's not going to work. Or to your point, they're looking at like, well, I did, this is a true set. We did, we did a technique, my wife and I, which is basically a simple, you know, uh, grab from the back. She locks the leg, she pushes the knee and you drop. Yeah. She had so many critics on that one. It wasn't even funny. I got pissed. I'm like, folks, you know, that technique works. If you don't believe in it, try it on somebody. You know, grab the biggest guy in the room, take the little kid in there, and they will still drop you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had the same thing. I had two and a half million views on a uh, bear hug defense. So very similar. Somebody coming up from behind grabbing. And I did a very, very basic defense. Kind of, you drop down a bit and, you know, one leg behind and you take them down. It's very common move exactly. for anybody from, yes. from, from judo, from wrestling, from sambo, <laughs> from BJJ. Anybody would see that a white belt, they would go, yeah, they know that move. I got so much heat. People were saying, oh, as soon as you drop down, I just grab your neck. First of all, no, you don't. Because a person really trying to do a bear hug is trying to do a bear hug. You're looking at it, expecting me to drop down and do that and watching a slow demo. So you're in your mind going, oh, I would just do this. No, you wouldn't. That's like saying, oh, if I do a jab and a cross and the person goes slip, slip, right? Ah, Try that again. <laughs> Job, the guy slips. And on his second slip, I hook him and knock him out. And I go, see, look, slipping doesn't work. No, that doesn't prove that slipping doesn't work. That proves if you psychically know exactly what I'm going to do, you can counter it. But in a fight, that's not going to happen. So you get all of this kind of very weird, uh, and like you said, ignorant comments, because people just don't know. They don't understand what they're looking at. And they also come with a certain amount of bias. So like you mentioned the grabs. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different grabs. There's all kinds of different grab releases. The best stuff that 
I see from martial artists and martial arts people, there's a, a guy named Rodney King that uh, was originally out of South Africa and uh, really, really good martial artist. He likes to use the expression, a multi-tool. So you may have all these different grab releases, but I don't want to run through 50 or 60 grab releases if I get grabbed. That's not helpful. Having a big toolbox like that slows me down. If I have one or two that okay. basically are multi-tools, they'll work in almost any situation. That's the best. That's mint, right? So you want that. But at the same time, you have to understand that you you need different approaches for different reasons. Like guys who do striking martial arts, and I love striking. I've, I've done it also since I'm a kid. When you they see a grab, they go, ah, he's grabbing with one hand. He's totally open. Boom, I nail him in the face. Maybe, maybe that the situation dictates that. And maybe where you live, that's okay. You know, in Canada, if a guy grabs me and I blast him a shot in the head and uh, he goes down, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. Because... Legally, I can respond in kind. I can't, you know, that's an escalation what I did. Instead of, you know, him grabbing and me breaking his nose or not breaking his jaw, I might have a problem with that, right? Yeah. So you have to consider those factors. You also have to consider, is this guy like kind of like a drunken idiot grabbing me? Could I remove the grab and kind of cool this guy out? Do I need to escalate it with a shot? Because that's what's going to happen. I'm going to escalate it. Am I a smaller, you know, maybe smaller man or smaller woman? And it's a big guy. It doesn't make more sense to maybe release the hold, try to get an angle and get myself away. What's going to happen when I punch them and they look at me and they go, and the punch did nothing. Then what's your second move? They're still holding you. Now they're holding and hitting. Maybe it made more sense to get that arm off, right? So it's a much broader problem than people who are just looking at a technique going, yeah, that won't work and this won't work. And man, it's always the same people too. It's the ones with not one post of martial arts, not one thing of them sharing a technique, not one thing of them teaching, but not even a, they don't even have a profile pic or their real name, but they are more than willing to sit there and, and tell everybody about all of their vast knowledge on your post. Well, you, you know what I've told those folks, you know, I challenged them as yeah. a physical, if you don't like my stuff, show us yours. And if not, I would I will welcome you to come and do a Zoom with me and let's show me your technique live on public. You know, we'll do yeah. it public. Yeah, they never show up, man. These it guys. Fun. No, they, they, they love to kind of talk uh, and say what's wrong, this is wrong, that's wrong. But they're not contributing anything to anyone. They're not trying to be uh, helpful for anyone. They just kind of troll it, you know. Um, that's the downside to social media. You know, the upside, it's really nice. I, I love when I post and, uh, if a post gets a lot of attention and people are like, man, I never thought of that. That's really cool. Or I've had lately, a lot of people they'll, they'll write, what is this? And I saw oh, this Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And that's almost always what I'm showing on my account. And they're like, that's really cool. Uh, you think I'm too old to start? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You should go train, you know, everything. And then they're like, all right, one guy posted not long ago. He's like, I just joined three weeks ago. Uh, you know, excuse me, after seeing your videos, I found a local club, I joined. So that's the best. That's the most exciting thing. The idea that, you know, someone will see these videos, be inspired, go train. I love that. I couldn't be happier when I read that. Anytime somebody posts that, I'm so excited. Um, the downside is ah, you got to deal with all these other trolls and, you know, idiots. This would never work. That would never work. It's like, man, you know, it's what a, do you know? It's a small percentage. I mean, literally. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's you get like, hundreds you know thousands of, of good ones and then one comes out just with with the dumb just sometimes they're just wise asses i'm sorry for yeah, the yeah. or the english whatever the word you, you yeah. want. but really no, for sure yeah. i had a funny one this morning i just i did have to write back to her it wasn't a technique thing it's just a funny thing about social media that i find so bizarre when someone comments unfollow it makes me cry laughing like, I just find it the funniest thing because all I can think about this. So this, this person wrote unfollow because you keep cursing. And uh, so, first of all, I mean, the Internet is full of self-defense videos where no one curses at all. So you're covered. You can absolutely find hundreds of thousands of hours of martial arts demos without a curse word. I think you're good. Um, mine have silly curses in them 
and they're silly. So if you want that, if you like that, you know, you're good. Just like when you watch a comedian on Netflix, you can watch a super clean one and you can also watch one that drops F-bombs. So it's up to you. It's your taste. But when you announce that you're unfollowing on any social media account, to me, it's the most ridiculous thing that you could do on social media because what it's like, it's like you walked into somebody's house party uninvited, right? You weren't invited. I'm crushing the party. You, you went to the house party and for some reason, you didn't like what was going on at that house party. So you stepped into the middle of the living room, packed full of people, stomped your feet a few times, threw your arms up and yelled, I'm leaving. And then you stormed out. And what you don't realize is the people in the room, the few that noticed you, you did that are all going, who was that? Did, did, you, did you invite her? No one knew you were there. No one invited you to come. And frankly, no one's going to miss you because you didn't contribute anything to the space in the first place. So why did you take the time out of your clearly very busy life to post unfollow? It's such a weird thing. I, like I saw this morning and I, I had to tell her that. I go, you do realize you weren't invited. You won't be missed. And it's a bit strange to stop and let me know. But bye-bye. You know, it's funny because I, I posted a TikTok just for that purpose, which basically said, if you don't like what you see, on yeah. TikTok, whatever, you know what? It's not for you. Yes. Scroll up, scroll down, move on. This is not your place. My house, my rules, damn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so weird to me because for myself, when I'm swiping through, if something catches my eye, I go, oh, okay. And maybe not enough that I follow or do anything, but I'm like, cool. And then other things, oh, that's awesome. Cool, you know? And if I see something I really don't like, I just keep going. Exactly. I, I had someone post a while ago. She's like, all this made me do was keep scrolling. But you stopped and made a comment about it. So, mm -hmm. no, it didn't make you keep scrolling. It made you actually stop, watch the entire video, probably more than once. Then you took time to sit there and make your little comment. And now you're answering everyone who comments on your comment. So, no, in fact, you didn't keep scrolling. You know, so it's so weird. Well, well, some people do that actually to capitalize on your on that comment to yeah. get some popularity and some follow and some extra, you know, followers. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty common in, on on YouTube uh, and and some other and Instagram. So sometimes yeah, yeah. criticizing somebody drags in, and it's funny because the the example I gave you earlier about you know my wife and I when we did the uh, the technique. Yeah. So a guy cursed her, so she posted a response with his stuff. Right. That post had more following and more interactions than the original right. one. I'm yeah. like, what the hell's wrong with these people? I know. It's okay so because people like that. They're drawn to the chaos. They're drawn to the, you know, like, you know, they want to see some sort of conflict, right? It is. So they want that. But unfortunately, like, you know, to me, the best thing, like I said, that we can get out of this, like the whole idea is to reach out to help someone. Same thing. You do, a, you do a podcast. Why do a podcast? You know, you do a podcast because maybe someone listening will be inspired or motivated by something that they've heard. They'll find it helpful. Or even if they, you know, look, even if the joke about it is like a person stomping their feet and leaving a house party, they were never invited to even if they think about that and they're like yeah okay and then they don't feel so bad about somebody saying unfollow they realize it's like the stupidest thing a person can do on there right um then i think that's that's you know it's super helpful to people and that's at the end of the day that's what everybody you know who's uh, on here and is on social media or is a teacher or is you know any kind of trainer that's what we're trying to do we're trying to help people in some way and uh you know, the goal is to do that in as many ways as possible. So you reach people on a podcast, you put a silly video on a TikTok, I throw something on Instagram, I give a seminar, I go to my gym and I teach. It's all the same thing, just slightly different venues. But I'm always trying to do the same thing. But you know, what the keyword, the key concept that you just mentioned here, mm -hmm. is you doing something for people to help them. The yeah. way you know, you see, people are not helping anyone. They're not helping themselves. All they're doing is watching who they can criticize out there. You yeah. Know, 
at least I'm doing something, you're doing something, and a lot of people are doing good things, and it's for good purposes, is to enlighten, inspire, motivate, educate, whatever. But some people have nothing to offer other than just negativity, negative vibes, critics, yeah. and that's it. That, I mean, they're shallow. I mean, that's how I see them. And unfortunately, yeah. there's plenty of those out there, but I do believe there's much more, much more many folks that are good and positive and they're bringing some good value out to this world. So 100%. And I think for people, you know, that, uh, that are putting stuff together right now and, you know, anybody's filming something and putting something online, just post your stuff and create your stuff with the idea in mind. How can I be of service? Right. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about if it kicks off. Don't worry about any of that stuff. If you have something interesting that you want to say and you think it's helpful to people, then post it if it does well cool if it doesn't do well whatever it doesn't matter too many people are chasing big numbers big accounts big this big that for what you don't even know what you would do with it if you had it nothing changes like if you have 230,000 followers your life's not going to change tomorrow right um you'll just have more people yelling at you telling you you don't know what you're doing <laughs> so that's that's the only thing um but if you putting out stuff because you feel it's helpful you have something to say and you want to help people put it out if you if one person likes it and says thank you so much that made my day and you'll be happy every day right you know my my tiktok grew to like two hundred thirty thousand people in a very short amount of time in a matter of weeks and um you know that's great but the actual best part of that is just getting really good messages from people saying, I, I just wanted to say hi, I just wanted to tell you, you know, uh, I've always wanted to learn self-defense, but I've been intimidated. I've been scared to do it. I had some bad things happen in my life before and I, I, I never went to train, uh, you know, because I'm so nervous. Your videos are so funny. They make me feel like maybe I could do it. Maybe it's not as scary as I thought, you know, and it's like, that's great. That's what I want to hear. You know, that's amazing. So if I did that for someone because I made a silly video that day, great. And look, if the video got, you know, uh, 2 million views. Cool. Because maybe it's a chance to help 2 million people. And if the video got 10 views, but that person was one of the 10, it's a good job. Successful. Right. So it, I, I say this all the time. If this show, like to your point, one item is delivered and, and, and many people are going to use it or yeah. multiple items within they, they take whatever they feel about this show yeah. And they use it in real life. That's already the mission. That's already a success. And to your point, you got, if you reach out the more, and if each one of those take one item from your shows and TikToks and, and programming, you're already a success and, and they're successful. And that's really yeah. the purpose. But again, that's because you, you intend to help and assist, yeah. deliver good stuff. People, you know, are going to see that. And there's, there's a lot of people out there. There are a lot of folks that will actually enjoy the stuff. Listen, I enjoy your stuff <laughs> I, you. and I appreciate it. By the way, I do, before we, we close the show, I want yeah. you to do a little, one of your impressions because they're like unique with the <laughs> face, the look, the sound, and you can do whatever you, it's okay. You, we're not going to bleep. Well, you know how I always start, I always start them off. Well, not always, but a lot of the time, you know, when somebody's in a bad situation, I used to, years ago, I had a, a teacher when you'd, you'd ask something to this guy, you'd say like, what do you do if the person, you know, has you they, they came up behind you and they already caught you like this and you'd go well you're done fucked up now you know and that that's what you know always thinking about is like he's like you already screwed up so bad but okay here's how you get out of it you know so it's always fun when we do that and and the same thing when uh you know at the beginning of the videos i, I like to call the attacker or i call myself by some horrible name like twat waffle or whatever you know because again I know it's scary stuff. I'm talking about somebody strangling you, right? Um, this is like the worst thing you can think of at that, you know, during your day is this horrible thing happening. But instead of thinking of the scariest person in the world and, oh my God, training this is so scary. Just think some twat waffles got you down on the ground and he's grabbing you by the neck and he's doing this. Do you know what to do? And it's like, shit, I don't know what to do. If I get attacked by a twat waffle, I've got no idea what to do. I better watch this video. Sean's going to tell me how to defend against twat waffles, ass badgers, about against all these different kinds of horrible, horrible people out there. So people should watch and then they'll find out. 
That's exactly the show. And I, I remember on TikTok. So check it out. What is the actual uh, um... the TikTok is my name. So it's Sean, S-H-A-W-N, and then Mosen, M-O-Z-E-N. And uh, same thing on Instagram. You can find me. And uh, I always tell people, I said, look, if you really want to see as much stuff as possible, yeah, follow me on TikTok, but also follow my Instagram for the Instagram stories. So you'll get to see a little bit of extra footage, a little bit more like, uh, you know, detail and concept and stuff like that. Also in my stories, I put some training stuff and things like that. You know, TikTok, you get 60 <laughs> seconds to do a quick demo. That's it. So I can put a little bit more content. And then I also have a members area for anyone that is really serious about learning these techniques because TikTok is the demo. So is Instagram. And even with stories, it doesn't stay up. So on Instagram stories, it doesn't stay up. So what I do is if you click the link on any of my profiles, you'll see a button for like the full length tutorials. And for nine bucks a month, I made it as cheap as, you know, as it can be. So it's accessible to everyone. I have full length tutorials in my member section. So if I'm showing like a hair grab defense or what to do, if a guy's, you know, grabs you and he's trying to pick you up and, and drag you away, I'll put up like an 11 minute video showing and breaking down just like what we were talking about like okay in this situation it makes sense to go to the ground and, and stay where you are because it's bad to go with that person or in this sense it makes sense to strike it makes sense to do this so there's a context because i have the time to break it down and to really break the techniques down so anybody who's following in any of my social media accounts click into the uh the profile link and then you will see all of that awesome stuff all right thanks thanks sean i already also i put the description of your site the yeah gatsu, right that's yeah so I, yeah 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 i also have a, a gatsu.com so for all the fitness stuff um instructor certifications we're still doing them online we're gonna start looking for dates and locations and places that are open so we will start the seminars in person again and before covid hit normally what we did we also did these like five-day retreats seven-day retreats somewhere in the world with a bunch of awesome instructors we're going to start all that stuff again like we said at the beginning have to stay positive so we're already making plans for all of these things to be back live and available for everyone. So check it out. Well, definitely. So Sean Mosen, folks, uh, great stuff, great content. Check out all his social media as well as his site. Uh, great. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for some real cool advice and really just simple stuff that actually makes sense. Uh, and uh, look forward to maybe another session. Eventually, we can do some more. Maybe we'll do a live one when everything reopens. You never know. Awesome, man. Thank you, you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, folks, uh, thank you for watching uh, this particular show and listening on the radio. And uh, we'll be talking next week for, uh, again, another show, new guest, more content, more good stuff. Uh, Hurricane H here, and we'll talk soon. Ciao, ciao.